Hey guys, welcome to Freaking Epic Podcast, and this is a segment we call What You Thinking, John, where every week we come in and ask, what you thinking, John? Okay, I am thinking about, um, if you were a god, like uh-huh. D&D style god. Um, okay, so like, a, so like a small G god. Well, like... Yeah, like, freak, like with the ability to um, influence the earth, I guess. Sure. Um, if you were God, um, like just a fresh, brand spanking new God, what would your yeah. first divine act upon humanity be? Like, um, either to the benefit or to the detriment of humanity. Um. Okay. So my first act as a God would probably not be about humanity at all. My first act would be something solidifying my position. Because if I became a god, I would have to assume that there's... No, no, no. Like, saying that your position is secured. Okay. What is your first... The first thing you do? Okay, so I... So there's no, like, pantheon rival mm-hmm. issues. There's no one who's going to uh, try to come after mm-hmm. my spot. There's no one who's a new god hunter. Nothing like that. Nothing like that. There's a new god hunter. Okay, no, wow. Honestly, Just I have no idea. I don't first know thing I that you could do to benefit or detriment humanity. Um, I, I guess since you don't know what you would do, let me let me tell you what I would do. I think, and okay. that'll give you kind of like a basis. So okay. my first thought. Um, see, I was thinking about doing this for the uh, first week, but because um, this is kind of one one of the things that I daydream about a lot. Um, <laughs> being God. <laughs> well, yeah, of course, being God. Okay, well. Um, so, saying that I were a God, the first thing that I would do is I would increase the size of the world. Okay. Um, so, I would increase the size of the world, so that way, um, you know, overpopulation things wouldn't be an issue, and that way there'd be, you know, tons of new stuff to explore, and... Um, you know, like it could save the environments and things like that, but it comes out the catch of it being the literal Toriko world. The literal what? Um, have you ever read Toriko? I don't think so. I don't recognize the name. Okay. So, uh, Toriko is this manga about, um, basically, um, it's about food. Um, and so the world has gone into the age of gourmet. Food hunters? Yeah, like food hunters. So basically, there are tons of just edible things all over the world. Um, like, but most of it is super difficult for like regular humans to get. Um, so, so basically, everyone would be able to. Well, so how they put it is um, a capture level one creature took a team of, um, I think it was like twenty hunters um like pro hunters um with shotguns to um like take down okay so um it would be there would be like dangerous beasts roaming around all over but also everyone would be a cook well no, no, no. it's um the thing of um so the um the people of power like the pro athletes uh in this world aren't mm-hmm you know, athletes, they're cooks. Um, so there's, um, you know, because it's this world filled with tons and tons of, 
um, different foods and all kinds of flavors and things for people to go out and experience. Okay. Um, and so that's why um, cooks are like such a huge deal in this world uh, because they, um, you know, they need to be so that way they can create crazy new and tasty foods. Huh. Okay. So how uh, much are you talking? And so um, basically throughout the manga, you figure out that um, the world was earth, but just like it was actually planet earth, but several million years ago or however long ago they did it. Um, the, uh, plant was struck by a meteorite, which then started to increase the size of everything. <laughs> That's exactly how meteorites work. Yes. It, it was a meteorite that made the earth grow. But, um, so that's like the whole uh, thing is that, um, is that, uh, is that the world is just this crazy dangerous place unless you're able to, um, have a, um, a bodyguard. One, cook? Well, no, no, it is, the cooks aren't the bodyguards. The people who go out and get these foods, they're, um, like the, um, they're food providers. Um, I, I forget what they actually call them. But um, they're like the crazy powerful people, like in the actual fight manga aspect of it. That's who they are. Um, it sounds like that would not relieve world hunger at all, because it sounds like getting food is incredibly dangerous. Or, or can you get regular food and just you? It's kind of like a luxury well, to get. That's the whole thing: is that um, there's just everything in this new world is edible. It's just whether or not you can actually acquire it. And so that would be my it, that would be my um, gift to the world. Um, lots of lots and lots of interesting and unique food and yeah but you have to be able to basically it would cold the weak in the <laughs> the stacked as a god is cold the weak <laughs> but it would solve like so many issues for people who are like struggling to like you know too many weak people too many humans on the earth just just call them yeah <laughs> Okay. Oh no. Okay. So it, it's basically, um, I like the concept of the fact that humans are no longer top dogs. Okay. Um, in so the kind of bring back the wild west mentality, bring back the the um, bring back the take us away from our safety and our complacence and put us into survival mode. Yeah. Um, because I feel like the majority of the issues with the uh, world nowadays um, comes from like greed and gluttony, and like that's where um, like all of the um, different what you call it, like all of the um, pollution and things like that comes from like human greed, right? No, I don't. I don't. I don't really agree with that. But no, it absolutely does. It absolutely does. Um, if pollution doesn't come from like. The richest countries the majority of pollution comes from countries that are that are in the process of going from kind of third world to second world countries like you know places like india china like the and once they once they level up their way of life they'll start worrying about the environment so it's not greed. Richest they, people don't, like, like i don't think they will because it's um like the reason why there is so much pollution is because of like the concept of money and there's uh there's a demand for you know such and such and because uh there's that demand money because the concept of money is inherent to the human species there's no there's no there's no way that money causes 
pollution. Pollution is caused by people wanting to be more comfortable and wanting to have better lives. And like, if you look, the richest countries are all lowering their pollution year by year. Like America every year has gone down. Like we have the cleanest air we've had since I think the seventies, sixties. We, Zach, we are here to produce funny, <laughs> interesting, dumbass like concepts. We're not here to talk about real things. I'm here to talk about whatever comes up, but Okay, I see. I have never considered becoming a god. I don't think I. I don't think I would. The thing is, I don't know that I would. I don't know what I would do if if I had to focus on other people. Like I, all of my concepts of what I would do with some sort of small g godhood are like concepts of how to do stuff for and with myself. Which is not saying I wouldn't do things for people, but. I would just, that's like a part of my day to day. I wouldn't make one big change. I don't think, I mean, like, okay. What, what, what if it's not necessarily, okay. What if it's not for yourself, I guess. Well, I mean, for, for humanity, I would get, I would guess, I mean, I get, okay. So I don't know what I would do, but I could throw out a few possibilities. One would be that there is kind of like a a subconscious language where we basically all can kind of read, you know, more or less to some degree. We can all kind of read facial expressions and uh, and pick up on like uh, scents and smells and uh, pick up on body language stuff like that. And we can all kind of essentially have like a subconscious language going on. And what I would so do you- is make you would do like a reverse tower of Babel then instead yeah, that's of exactly what I would do. I, so instead of, um, I would basically give back a kind of a, a subconscious language that, that is like a specific language because I kind of think of like tower of Babel as removing that. And like all of these, you know, micro expressions and things like that are all aspects of what used to be a, a universal language, kind of an empathetic language where we can all feel the concepts that we are kind of presenting to each other. So I Mm -hmm. might get back kind of the universal empathetic language. Um, I think that would be good. It it would kind of depend on like whether, you know, whether I still, whether I know what God's actual plan is, you know, because I think that, you know, and I, I think that without understanding the forces at work, it's really hard to say what would actually work. Because, like, most things we try to do as humans wind up backfiring. Like, 90% of things have a cobra effect. Um, mm-hmm. and the cobra effect is basically in India when the British were kind of uh, ruling there. They wanted the British were like, hey, let's help our subjects by getting rid of these dangerous cobras. So they put a bounty on cobras. And after like a month, people in the uh, people in India realized, hey, you know what's much easier than catching cobras? Breeding cobras. So cobra farms popped up all over the place. Mm. And the British were like, man, they're they're really turning in. They're really catching a lot of cobras. How are they catching these cobras? And they went around. They realized that they were just breeding cobras. And so they canceled the bounty. And so all the cobra farmers didn't want to. didn't want to deal with it anymore, didn't want to deal with feeding the cobras, so they just let them free. So 
the British trying to get rid of cobras doubled the amount of cobras. And so one of the one of the things I live by is that almost always what your intentions are is not what's actually going to happen. And so as a god, I would I would have to really kind of dig into things and figure out what the goals are and what what actually works because there's so many things that we think will work that will actually wind up doing the exact opposite of what we think. So, you know, if I I could theoretically I could make everyone happy and you know i think that would be probably awesome but also you know there how would that work in a way that still allows us complete free will you know by making everyone happy i might be essentially denying humanity free will so i'd kind of honestly i'd I'd have to i'd have to like read uh, well read i'd have to i don't know learn and understand so the first thing I would do for humanity would be spend a long time figuring out what actually works and what, you know, what actually makes people happy. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, but given that humanity in general, like are just, you can't please everyone. Like there, there's what I figure out a way. <laughs> I, I just like, through the inherent um, having a free will, like you're not, it's just not a thing unless you alter that. Because the matter of having free will is what allows us to, you know, like something or dislike something. Oh, uh, sure. And so, I think of an underrated thing people forget is in a, in a world with free will, people have to be able to hurt other people. Otherwise they don't have free will. If they can't like, if their, if their actions are canceled, the moment they, you know, someone else doesn't like them, then that's not really technically free will. Like you don't have me free will in any kind of meaningful sense. So that, that brings up becoming a God is, is like a weird thing because there's so many issues of like uh, reading Mistborn, the, kind of the third book of Mistborn made me realize like a lot of the inherent difficulties of like being a God. It there's there's Mm -hmm. God be so, so much harder than people think it is. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like, I don't know. Okay. But, but so you, you should, you're saying I should do think of something uh, more entertaining and like, what would you just do on a whim? Yeah, yeah, but I mean, as much as I said that I'm not interested in the philosophical, um, interested in the political. You're interested in philosophical. Sure. Um, I guess I don't know. Like, I definitely would. Hmm. See, because now I'm thinking about the, um. Like the fact of no one being happy, I I, I think, I like political aside. I still I stand by my choice of just wanting to make the world a bigger place and make humans not be necessarily be the top dog, or at least have to fight fight to retake their position as top dog. Sure. Because I I think that overall, um, a good thing for humanity would be some super unifying force like 
something that we as humans can unite for. Um, and so um, I, I think that having a world where, oh shit, you know, there's so many crazy cool things going on like everything's edible you know there's turtles that are able to produce power um just like um like solar powered turtles um <laughs> like that that's actually a thing that they um talk about um is they have uh, solar powered turtles that um like this eco community uses to power their houses and stuff um but like there'd be so much more for the world to explore, to find out, to discover, like, hey, this this is cool. This is a race of turtles that can uh, we can use to power our houses. Or, um, hey, this specific kind of uh, animal tastes super good. I think that is all already happening to anyone willing to look. The issue, I think, is that the world is so big that every time you learn, because if you become like a microbiologist, you spend your entire life learning about five different type of fish and never get bored. If you are like, you can, you can dive into playing the guitar and there are people who like, you know, play the guitar a little, but it's a completely different world from someone who's played the guitar for 20 years and figured out all these little things. Like though, I think the, I think the issue is the world is so big that we can't comprehend it. And so the issue would be more to me is perspective that most of us are pretending that are just getting trapped into thinking that the world isn't this big, crazy place where you can cook amazing things. Like you could go across the world eating interesting new things prepared with new ways with new ingredients and for the rest of your life, literally, and mm-hmm. continually be surprised. That's already a thing. I think the thing is more that we need per- proper perspective to understand that we already live in that world because the world is freaking huge. Everyone in the world could fit in the state of Texas and have a lower population density than Tokyo. Like we have a huge world and we have the ocean, which is, you know, 70% of the world. And that's basically almost completely uh, unexplored to some degree. You know, we have this huge solar system, We'll be on Mars in an, in a few years. You know, I mean, we're on Mars now robotically. Uh, well, yeah. I really think that. So my problem is that I've, I've thought about this stuff, and that I always come back to that's what we already live in, and the problem is people's mentality and mindset. And I think I I mean not to be weird about it, but I like come back to the thing about to the Bible thing, which is. The Bible consistently, maybe the third most common thing it talks about is being grateful. And I think that every time you're grateful, you start to see more of the actual world we live in. And people are constantly opening their eyes or closing their eyes to reality and how glorious and amazing it is, like how much possibility there is in every single thing. So I feel like my issue is I think we already live in that world. And no matter what we did, then people would be would come back to they would feel the exact same way that they feel about it now so for me if i could do anything i would i don't know what i would do because i don't know how it would be effective but i would give mm. people proper perspective to understand how interesting and how blessed they are like you know the fact that we're like we worry about you know so many things when we're in the greatest point in humanity's history is just crazy to me 
you know, we we live in a world where you can literally, you know, computers are literally magic to everyone else in humanity's history. Like 90% of what we live in would would blow away people who lived 70 years ago, 50 years ago. And we just don't consider it awesome. So I feel like we would cons- we would if we made the world bigger and everything was food and all this stuff, we would be exactly as bored as we are now because that's, you know, but we already live in a world that's everything is theoretically food. Hmm. Hmm. My issue with being God is I, I, I'm, I know, I know enough to know how, how little I understand like for me, I, I, so I personally try to kind of, I'll try to do things that are good for people, but I don't know. I think usually what's good for a person is better than doing something for humanity as a whole, because kind of opening people's eyes to proper perspective and understanding of the world is far more individually is far more important than, than anything we do for everyone because it's what lasts and you can't it, you can't force it because that's not it doesn't work with humanity so i guess i could just change humanity so that everyone could have proper perspective but then i feel like i'm taking away their choice you know which right might not be the worst thing i guess but yeah i don't know like i i, I definitely I definitely struggle with the concept of free will um, quite a bit on whether or not like I want like, uh, well, above all else, I really want free will, but at the same time, I think that it's free will that causes all of the problems in the world. I completely. So it's just like, Oh, go ahead. It's one of those things where I was thinking about, um, like what heaven is gonna be like, and then like what the whole new world is gonna be like. Because uh, I had this thought the other day that what if the world is a literal cycle um, of because so God's given us free will, right? Sure. But what's going to happen in heaven is um, our um, is God going to take away our free will in heaven? Um, and if so, like, do I w- really so, want that? And, wait, wait, hold on. I'm, I'm not that. Yeah. I'm sorry. But anyway, so that made me think, you know, what if there was free will in heaven? Like, would then we be able to sin in a perfect world? Like, because heaven is perfect, right? But then, uh-huh. like, because we have free will, would we be able to sin, like choose to sin? And then um, like, say this is um, after the rapture and all that uh, jazz um, and in the new world, um, then um, would that person who's sinning then be cast out of the new world? And then would it cause a whole cycle thing of um, that person who is sinning becoming the new Satan and then God starting over again, but then that person um, interfering and uh, like that's a whole crazy thought I had of you know what if the world was just a cycle of going over and over and over again of that person choosing to sin and going against God God creating yet a new world because you know sin's now been introduced into 
uh, this situation. And so going over and over and over and over again. Um, I think that's a really fascinating idea. And I think it'd be cool to like read a book or a manga or something set in that world. Um, mm-hmm. I personally don't think that that's the case. Um, so my, my personal understanding of the world is that at all times we are either learning to give control to God, surrender to God being God, or we are becoming our own God. Like basically throughout our entire lives, you you can kind of tell because like all the craziest and evilest people all think that they're good and they all think that they're doing things that they have to do. If if only people would listen to me, like there and all the best people have kind of surrendered themselves to a greater ideal or or um, God or something. They're basically to me the world is a process of you're either living into hell or living into heaven. You're either creating because hell is if everyone is their own, is that if everyone is God, like if every person is God and there's no greater force above it, that automatically becomes hell because each person being selfish for an eternity creates just this world of essentially everyone is Satan and everyone surrendering to God. So my my thought is heaven is the point where everyone has completely surrendered themselves to the will of God. And the Bible talks a lot about being remade in the nature of God. So everyone has surrendered themselves to the greater truth, which is um is is kind of godliness and holiness, but that where it works so that in heaven everyone has free will but everyone is choosing at all times to live in the good way. And so there's still ability. So to me, because the Bible talks about like heaven being a new heaven and new earth, a new world, essentially. So it's not just like, you know, we go float on clouds. It's literally just a perfection of the current world. And so we would have the ability to sin at all times, but the beauty of it would be that everyone would be choosing not to sin. And so when limitations of um, time are taken away, what we're, what you're surrendered to will show up to some degree. So the way I think of time, the way I think of timelessness, like the Bible kind of talks, and, and sorry, listeners, if you didn't want to hear a theological podcast, because that's what you got. Um, so in my way, I think about time as not a, at, with, in a world without time, time is not linear. Time is all happening at once because we'll also, we won't have the limitations on our brain and our understanding. So essentially, Ken, the Bible talks about how we would be at the wedding, you know, praising God all the time or at the wedding feast of the lamb all the time. Like, so in my lo- mind, we go up to heaven and we have this huge, crazy party where everyone because you know a wedding feast is back in the day was not a tame affair it was it was a rager it was awesome um and so we'll be having this feast with every awesome person we know but then once it's done we'll go off and hang out with god or you know you and me will hang out and if we hang out for a year together then i go hang out with you know your brother daniel for a year i'm still experiencing experiencing i'm still i'm still experiencing the year with you because i have perfect recall because entropy in my mind is a part of time and is a part of the curse so 
if you were in heaven, every single good experience you have is layering on it. So every single day you are adding new goodness to your life and it's kind of layer upon layer upon layer upon layer like reverb, but you're just kind of positive reverb. And hell is the selfish negative reverb continuing on forever. So if you have a mind which can conceive of reality and is outside of time and you have the ability to live eternally because you're outside of time, heaven and hell are in an escape are inescapable realities because you're either going to be building your own horrible horrible world just like a drug addict whose world you know like i come on these drug addicts they're like you know you know no one will even give me food and it's my birthday and i'm like okay let me buy you some food let me talk and they're like you know no one even ever listens to me and i don't it's like i don't matter and i'm talking to them and trying to listen but they turn down the food and they don't want to actually talk to me and it's it's all kind of like no matter what they say they want they don't really want it they just like want to be upset and want to be you know they they refuse to allow another human another being of free will to matter are you still there by the way yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm just like absorbing all of the information okay. you're throwing at me right now. I'm just making sure it didn't hang up again. But um, no, so, I gotcha. Anyway, those are those are some of my thoughts on the nature of heaven and timelessness and and free will a little bit. Hmm. That's interesting. I like. I don't know. It's an interesting concept. I don't think that everyone will. Anyone, you know, past God will ever have truly understand all the intricacies of free will and you know what heaven's gonna be like yeah Um, i think that's part of our response as humans is um there's a verse in the bible that says to him who is able to do above and beyond what we could hope or dream and so i hope or dream and know that it's going to be different and better than i think so i don't worry too much about it because i know that god's got it and and that gratefulness thing like being thankful for what we have now, like you can see that work in people because our brains are programmable essentially. So whatever you do builds deeper and deeper neural pathways. So you can essentially, my grandma, my great grandma was in the nursing home. She had had a stroke and all that. And she, you know, my mom was talking to her and she was like, are you in pain? She's like, no, I don't feel any pain. She was just happy because she'd programmed the neural program the neural pathways of gratefulness and joy so deeply in her brain. Even when she was old, she didn't feel pain in the same way that other people feel pain because she'd she had lived into that reality. You know, because our brains are programmable things, you can live into whatever you're living into. So for me, I would as 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 I because I'm not I know that i'm not god and i know i don't know what works um but i just think that there's something to be said for living into joy and gratefulness and not always being outraged or upset and you know i and not all so i always try to think of what the good parts of a situation are and you know um you know i don't know give people the benefit of the doubt because i'm trying to program my brain to live in heaven i guess hmm 
that I might not have explained that properly, but no, no, I, I get the general idea of what you're saying. Like, I guess that really does take the the saying "the world is what you make it" like to a whole new level because yeah. um, it, it's just. I've seen people in the same situations. Two people who've lived the same life have the same house, you know, or you know, similar house, similar wife, similar job, similar kids, similar, you know, hobbies. And one can be absolutely miserable with it and think that this is a punishment from the heavens. And one can think that this is the greatest thing that could happen and think that it is, you know, a gift from the heavens. And so to me, I don't, I don't know. I just, I just try to be grateful and live in a way that I can understand. I'm, I'm programming myself to, to have joy. <laughs> okay. Also to, to understand that the world is way deeper and bigger and smarter than I think it is. And of course, right. The brilliant design in each little piece, you know, instead of thinking about the way each piece is broken, think about the way each piece would be perfected if it weren't for, you know, me being cranky at that moment or for wanting something I don't have or whatever. And and a lot of this is aspirational, not to say that I actually live like this every moment. You know, I, no, I, 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 gotcha. I used to for sure, but I'm, I'm still, you know, living into that reality. Hmm. Uh, so man i went into this thinking uh, i was just gonna be a dumb stuff that we like randomly talk about now i'm like sitting here like pondering the intricacies of life and uh (laughs) what that uh all that stuff but hmm okay okay well that's all i really had okay so thanks for uh, thanks for letting us know what you're thinking, John. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have a shell shock sound. Like what just happened? Well, no, exactly that. I, I went into this thinking that we were just gonna talk about just stupid dumb stuff again, and bam. Like, I am always 100 percent of the time down for talking about stupid dumb stuff or important stuff, and kind of I like the idea. I, I'm a uh, um, verbal processor so i kind of I, I a lot of times just ramble on which helps me understand what i think about things right no i gotcha I, i'm very uh i don't know for me i'm like i just kind of uh go into mental hibernation i guess like if i'm really um thinking on something i can't like can't talk think about because well, no, no, I, I can only think about it. I can't like talk or do anything else because it's like um, when it comes to thinking about things, it's a hundred percent or nothing at all. Like if I'm not focusing everything on it, like the, just the ADD in my brain will just kind of go, oh, and I'm thinking about this now. No, no, I was contemplating this, and I'm thinking about this now. Now, like so, the do whole. You, do you think a lot, a lot, or do you just kind of? not think at all sometimes a uh, bit of column a bit of column b um I, i'm constantly daydreaming about random stuff um but 
um, if I'm not like daydreaming or like thinking about school or like things that are stressing me out, it's not, like completely blank up there. I just kind of <laughs> do yeah, what yeah, is in front of me because you're the you're the same personality type as my brother Michael, and he says yeah. a lot of times he just doesn't think at all. He'll just not think for hours, and then but he pro he seems to process things like he just seems to have kind of a disconnect with his subconscious because he'll mm-hmm. just suddenly say something and he didn't know it before. And he'll have, it'll be just like he was thinking because he said some brilliant thing that he never knew before. But for mm-hmm. me, like it's, it's always connected. Like I always am thinking and I always know what I'm thinking. Like I have like a, a very tight connection with my subconscious. No, I, I am definitely a lot more like Michael because um, I, 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 if I'm not using it, I'm not like, if I don't need it, I'm not using it kind of thing. Yeah. Like um, up until the moment that I need it. And then I guess stuff like that happens to me too. Um, like now that you've put that exact, now that you've put it in words, it's like, yeah, that, that sounds actually kind of similar to what I go through. Um, it, it's just, um, I don't know. Like I, I think of my brain and my subconscious as, um, like doors that I open up into. Um, and when I don't need it or if I don't need anything, or if I'm just, um, tuning out, um, you know, all the doors are closed. Like, and I, I don't really ever, um, like leave a door open. If that makes sense. Like, uh, uh, something that I do a lot of is that I guess something that I'm really good at is multitasking. So I can have like multiple doors open at once. Um, so, um, for example, while I've been talking with you on this podcast, um, I've been, you know, playing a game on one monitor and reading in another monitor. Wait, um, what? Yeah, that's why I have two monitors. You're so you're okay. Wow. Um, and so uh, I can. Um, but so mentally, my mind is devoted to you right now uh, because we're doing this podcast. But um, while like I guess ah, the door analogy is kind of bad because I'm not really thinking about what I'm playing but at the same time I kind of am so my analogy for my own brain is Mm. computer and for as a computer I have very high processing speed and very low RAM I can be thinking about I can only be doing or thinking about one thing at once like I can process really fast so it looks like I can do multiple things but I just like, if you want to mess me up, just throw like five things at me. And then suddenly I, I freeze up and can't do, and I'm useless and crash until I can get down to one or two things and blast them. You sound like you have like decent processor speed, but a heck of a lot of Ram. So you just have like 13 windows running in the background at all times. Yeah. It's basically the way I, I, another way of putting it is, um, Instead of like what I'm focusing on being deep like a well, uh, I'm more like super vast but shallow like a swamp, I guess. (laughs) 
<laughs> or an ocean, or a small ocean, a lake. That well, I, no, no, like because um, <laughs> it, it it doesn't get very like very deep, like what I'm devoting up until you know certain parts, or if no, uh, like and your entire brain is filled with swamp people. Yes, just the swampiest of people. Oh, it, it's hard like describing how my brain functions because I don't think about it in the moment. Um, I think about my brain. I think about how my brain functions all the time. I'm constantly uh, like thinking, what are you doing right now, Zach? That's basically my, my like through line of my life is thinking, what are you doing? I guess like one thing that I do say that's in my like everyday vocabulary, especially when I'm at work is um, like, if I say something twice uh, to someone, I'll, I'll just kind of apologize and say, sorry, I'm on autopilot right now. And that's really kind of how it works is uh, how, like I can be thinking about multiple different things, but not real deeply into them. Um, oh. And so because of that, it, it's, ah, man, this is, this is so difficult to describe. <laughs> no, here's the thing, John, mm-hmm. next week you'll know because your brain will process this in the background and then you'll understand it. You just haven't, haven't run this sub process in the background. yet. <laughs> Right. It's not just uh I, I don't, I don't doubt at all that you will under like I'll talk about this with you in a couple months and you'll you'll forget that this conversation ever happened, but you'll like have a whole theory because it's just and you won't even have thought about it. Hmm. I gotcha. I gotcha. Like, okay. Anyway. I mean maybe I will, maybe I won't. Who knows? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Who knows? Um, all right, man. Hey, all right. Well, uh, good, good talk. Very, very yeah. deep and philosophical. Good talk. Next good week, talk, it's so. going to be super dumb. Yeah, I'm 100% down with that. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening. I just wanted to take a moment and ask you guys if you would uh, like us, comment us on us, comment for us, comment through us if you wish. Um, subscribe, leave us a good review on iTunes, follow us, retweet, double click, double click the picture for a little heart thing. Make a listicle about the seven times we reminded you of cute cats. Give us a thumbs up like an emperor of old deciding who lives and who dies. Give us a rating of 95 and Red Wine Lovers Weekly. Right swipe us on Tinder, friendster us on friender, friendster, and and add us to your top eight friends on MySpace. Thank you. I just want to. I just want to thank you so much for doing all those things for us and for listening. Definitely for listening.